This is the Awakened Journalist with Emiliana Molina Fajardo. We do journalism for the good of humankind. Our main goal is to empower, inspire, and enrich your life with every interviewee that opens up to share their personal journey. We tell stories in English and Spanish. Hi everyone, welcome to The Awakened Journalist. Today we'll be speaking and telling Luis Moros' story. He migrated to the U.S. in 2016 from Venezuela due to the political instability in his country. As a full-time student, Luis is currently pursuing two bachelor's degrees in pol political science and criminal justice with a pre-law certificate. He's a certified paralegal and a student leader who has his own nonprofit organization, Immigrants Building the Future. He was awarded as one of the most influential students of the year throughout Miami-Dade College, uh, Miami-Dade County Public Schools, sorry, and he was recognized by political figures like Senator Marco Rubio, Senator Rick Scott, and the former First Lady of the United States, Michelle Obama, due to his resilience. Currently, Luis Moros just finalized his internship with the Florida House of Representatives, and he'll be working as a policy intern at Capitol Hill. Um, additionally, Luis is the second male in the history of Florida International University to be accepted into the United Nations Academic Impact as a research fellow. He is actively inspiring others through his performance as a peer advisor and student ambassador of Florida International University, all this while working as well at the Cato Institute. Um, but before that, Luis was actually homeless for a period of around two years. He's going to go a little bit more, to, more in depth into his story, his personal journey, and how he has gotten to be where he is today, as well as where he's going, because this kid has a bright, bright future. Luis, welcome and thank you for speaking to us. Hi, everyone, and thank you for having me here. It, it's really a pleasure to be here to tell my story. And, and thank you, Emiliana, for, for allowing me to be here. That's wonderful. Luis, so let's start from, from the beginning. Um, I think one of the biggest periods that has marked your life and shaped you was leaving your home country, Venezuela, and coming to the United States in 2016, not necessarily by choice, but because of the political instability in, in Venezuela right now. How was that journey for you um, and when you arrived in the United States? Um, I, I think it was a, a combination of, of different feelings and emotions going on. It, it was really unexpected, but at the same time, it was um, something that I, I, that I don't know, that it just needed to happen. Um, I, I came from, the state to, from Venezuela to the States, uh, not knowing English at all, like I didn't know the language. And now you, you, you're listening to me doing a whole interview in English. But for me, uh, I didn't know even to say, how are you? How, what are you doing? Uh, when I came to, to the States, that was my first obstacle. Um, and it really shaped my future. And I, I think it's the main definition of success for me, because I always say that breaking points define your success. And for me, uh, it was the beginning of a new chapter. Uh, living my home country, living my house, living my family, because it's just my mom and I here and leaving everything that I had, my school, my friends, uh, it was just the beginning of a new chapter. Uh, but it, it was different because you know that when you're reading that book, you have the opportunity to read all the chapters if you want. But in particularly in my chapter of the book, I didn't know what was gonna happen. I didn't know what was, the, what was gonna be the future, where gonna be the next page. I didn't have that. And I just had to experience um, different obstacles and different things 
in order for me to write my own story. So, yeah. Luis, and, and you got here with your mom, yes. is that correct? Yeah. And you guys got here to, I believe, a friend's house for a little bit. But after that, um, you actually ended up having to go to different shelters for a period of almost two years. Can you guide me through that yeah. story and that journey? Yeah, so basically I, I, I arrived to stay with a $100 bill. That's it with my mom. Uh, we stay here for um, four months in, in her best friend's house. Then we, we left. Um, for different circumstances, we, we, we had to leave and uh, my mom decided to just, you know, um, start a new life, but it was really impossible because she had just a hundred dollar bill. Um, and that also, as a consequence, I experienced homelessness with her for, for about two years. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a breaking point. It, it really, really uh, made me wake up uh, because I was living the dream of, oh, I'm in the States and whatever, learning language, like happy in the life as a kid. But I didn't have to be a kid anymore. I had to become myself as an adult and learn different things, learn different, uh, the, the meaning of responsibility to afford rent with my mom um, and to take her out of that world, which is homelessness, uh, to not allow other people to define me and my mom as homeless and that we were going to die being homeless, which is also like a, stereo, a stereotype and a stigma that the society puts into us. Um, so I had to work a lot on my mindset and my personality in order for me to overcome obstacles. And that's what I say to a lot of people. Once you're being discriminated, uh, please do not start thinking about why you're being discriminated. Start thinking about how you can resolve that issue. And I, and I thought that the way for me to resolve that was working on myself and not letting other people to put labels on me. Uh, and that's what I decided to do. Um, and, and yeah, so we moved seven different times with, within the same year. Um, we also used to find like, not friends, but like people that were compassionate enough to, you know, to give us like a place in, in their houses to stay for a month. And then that's how we basically were for a year and almost two years um, from shelter to shelter or from house to house, the people that we used to, to know um, with uh, like common friends that my mom has, we just figure it out to make it our way, make sure that we don't sleep on the streets. Um, obviously there was times that I was just living in a living room, um, sleeping in a living room with a lot of people that I didn't know before. Um, in, in, and, I, and at the same time learning the language, going to high school, I never stopped going to high school. And I, I absolutely against people that say that when they have the experience that I went through, which being homeless, and they say that the only solution for them is to drop high school or drop college, I don't support that because I did it. And yes, it's really hard. It's insanely hard, but you can do it. So I never give up on my education because I knew that was going to help me out in the future. So giving up on my education, it was giving up on my future and giving up on my future uh, was going to mean basically being homeless for the entire life. That's amazing, Luis. That's amazing. Um, extremely resilient. I'm wondering what was that breaking point for you while you were homeless? um and you know when did you feel that it clicked like stop asking myself why me why am i homeless why is this happening to me why do people call me homeless and and how did you empower yourself to change that mindset and that mentality to help yourself and your mom get out of that situation and also please educate me on you know what what is a better way to speak about people who were once homeless um, 
and have now made it past that stage? Or what would you like yourself? Um, how would you like me to tell your story or others to hear your story since you went through that? Okay, yeah, for sure. Let's go piece by piece. The first question was? <laughs> yeah, so the first question was, how did it click for you to change that mindset while you were homeless? Instead of asking yourself, why me? Why is this happening to me? Why are people calling me homeless? Or why am I in this situation? To empowering yourself to get yourself out of that situation and that yeah. stigma. I mean, I, I think it was going to high school that I, I, I used to like see how I was uh, always like involved in, uh, on my high school and getting those opportunities. And I, I started comparing myself, which is something that it's really bad to do, but it also helped me. Uh, I compare myself with other people and I used to say, Louis, like talking to myself, if you have these opportunities, um, but another people that were born here, they don't have it. Do you have something special that they don't have? And that's where I discover storytelling and persuasion. Um, when I got those opportunities, when I got to be really involved in my high school, I didn't have a resume. I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the language, but I did have some skills that not a lot of people are able to teach. So I had the kindness, I had the empathy, I had the compassion, I had the mindset, the passion to do things, the, um, the, the, the power to be an advocate for the community. Um, and that's how I decided to, to just learn about what's the storytelling, because a lot of people talk about it, but they don't really know what is that. Um, and that's the tool that I utilize to, to just overcome my obstacles, motivation, passion, and storytelling. Telling my story, inspiring other people, and having the mentality of that I'm here with just one purpose and it's creating more leaders. So I create more leaders, I don't create followers. And I think that's that's really important to mention. One more time, I create leaders, I don't create followers. Uh, once you go to Instagram, you see that 80% of the people that are really well known in our society, they love to have them as followers and they don't do anything to actually create more leaders or create more people like them that have an actual exposure and that have the ability to inspire a lot of people. They don't use it because they just want people to follow them. So I don't like people who follow me. I like to, to create more people like me so we can have a, a, we can have a global minded community in the future. Wonderful. And then how would you like the world to know your story? how what is a better way for us journalists or whoever's listening to your story or wanting to tell it to speak about your situation what you went through as a homeless and now you know having all these accomplishments going to school getting an education having a professional career working on capitol hill um, you're achieving what once was completely unimaginable yeah, I I, I I get goosebumps and everything when I talk about it, but um, I, I think I will say um, it's just uh, if you're trying to write an article about my story or you want to or you want me to be on your on your or your newspaper or in your in your journey, just define me with no filters and no labels. Uh, just tell who I am. And I, I hate when people um, define homelessness or people that are going on the streets as victims of our society. So I don't, I don't want to victimize myself. I'm here to tell you my story and I'm really proud of being uh, once homeless and not knowing where to sleep or what to eat because it makes you realize that you have to value everything that you have on your side. That is something that not a lot of people have that privilege. And I always say it on, 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 my, on the articles and everywhere I go is that I have the privilege 
to know what it, what it is to have everything and what it is to have nothing. And now I am in the balance of both. So I hate when I'm in, the, in, in this mindset of, oh, I wanna have everything because you, you lose track of, of yourself. You lose your empathy, you lose your values, your principles. And I also hate to be in a circumstance where I don't have nothing because I'm not able to succeed. Um, so I, I just maintain right in the middle in that sense. Um, so that's what I will, I will say to any journalist or any, any reporter out there. And not only with me, but with other people that are, that are actually trying to succeed in life while being homeless, just tell their stories and learn from them. Okay, uh, Luis moved to a different spot um, because there was somebody speaking on the phone next to him. So just to avoid um, that conversation interfering with the interview, he had to move. So thank you, Luis, for, for accommodating us on that. Um, so I wanted to ask you, I know one of your big accomplishments, aside from everything that we already mentioned in your bio and your introduction, uh, I think what really, you know, touched my heart when we spoke over the phone was the fact that you were able to pay rent for the first time for yourself and for your mom. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that and, and how that began? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I moved to a new spot, but you, I think you will hear some noises from, from the street. But um, I, I, I think that my biggest accomplishment, you, you got it right, was able to help my mom to pay rent, to support her. And, and I, I think even if I won the Oscars in, in 20 years, I think that that will never um, equal the fact that I, that I helped my mom when she needed the most to, 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 get, to get a house to live. Um, and, and I think that's, that's basically another, another fact that it's the main reason why I help her until this point. Um, yes, right now we have the ability to afford rent because a lot of people, when they're, when they're interviewing me, they're telling me after the interview, but Luis, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm okay. But, um, now that we have the, the, uh, the, the availability to afford rent, I still prefer out every month. Um, because it's like a, a way for her to give, to give back everything that she gave back to me because uh, she gave up everything that she had, uh, her company, uh, her business, her family, it's just her and I, and for me, just for me to have a better future. That's why I, I always say that my mom, it's my superhero because even I hate fiction. So if you know me, I hate fiction. Like I don't waste my time uh, watching any kind of fiction or reading fictional books. Um, my friends hated me for that, but I, I feel that I'm wasting my time. But um, another, my, my perspective of a superhero is a person that does something that you really uh, didn't expect them to do that for you. And that's what I call her a superhero. Someone that is able to save you in a particular time that you didn't believe in yourself. And when I didn't believe in my potential because the country that I was used to live because of the government, they told me that I was not worth it because of the political instability. She was able to save me from that world and take me to another side where I was able to discover my potential, my genius, and what I have to offer to the society. Not a society that I knew before in Venezuela, but a really global-minded society as it is here in the States. So for me, she's my superhero. And, and like I said, it, when, people, when people read about my bio and all my accomplishments, yes, it's great, uh, because it's really like a, like a rundown of everything that I have done, uh, but it will never equal the fact that I'm able to help my mom. I love that, I love that. Can you uh, remind whoever's listening how old you are right now? Yes, so I turned 19 in April. <laughs> <laughs> this kid. Okay, 19 years old. Where was I when I was 19? Um, 
think definitely in college, but um, very much still partying a lot. <laughs> so good for you. You good Thank for you. you. You're going places. Um, you already have done so much, achieved so much. And I think like you were mentioning before, what a privilege it is to go from having it all to having absolutely nothing so that you can understand um, when you're trying to help others who are in the same situation that you were at once in your life, how difficult it truly is, how difficult it could be to reprogram your brain to get out of that victim mindset and to truly work on yourself to succeed and to empower yourself to achieve your goals. Um, coming from Venezuela in 2016, I think you would have never even imagined that being on Capitol Hill could have been one of your achievements, um, let alone working to be able to help your mom have a, a home, a place that you could both call home. So props to you. Your story is just absolutely incredible. And I want to talk a little bit about your future goals. And, you know, I know you're working a lot to inspire and empower students and people um, throughout different conversations with different institutes and, and different um, events like the one that we were at uh, two weeks ago where we met. Um, and I, I want you to go a little bit in, in depth as to why um, you have those dreams and, and I'll just let you be the one to share what that dream is. Yeah, I mean, my dream, and I, I think it was with you that I said it publicly for the first time, it, it was being the first male Hispanic Supreme Court justice in, in the Supreme Court of the United States. Um, why I do it? Uh, because a lot of people ask me the same thing, why you do so many things. It's because I, I think that you have to build your own legacy. Um, if you are, if you were born, you have a purpose. Just the fact that you were born, you had the privilege to be here in this earth. You have to have a purpose in life. And I think that's my purpose to actually advocate for the community. And beyond that, tell them the people my story so they can take it as an inspiration. Um, not all of them are gonna take it as an inspiration. Other people are gonna take it as cheesy or I don't know, that I'm victimizing myself and that's okay. Um, because if I don't want everyone to love me, I think that's really insane. Um, and I, I think it's a balance of both. Um, but why I do it is because I want to actually have the platform to, to advocate for them and help them and understand what's going on. And then once they learn my story and once they learn all the obstacles that I'm going through and that I went through, they can actually have the, the, the power and the voice to, to talk about it. And me inspiring a thousand people are gonna help another thousand to help another thousand and so forth until we get to a million, two million, five millions. And that's how we build a global minded community that knows how to communicate that knows the power of the storytelling. And it's not about my story. It's about telling other people that they're not the only ones going through that. Because when I was homeless, I thought it was the only one. I thought it was like, oh my God, it's the only one that doesn't know the language that doesn't have where to sleep. And no, there's a million people that are actually going through that as well, or even worse, and you don't realize. Um, so just be grateful with everything that you don't have and with everything that you don't have. Because if you don't have it, it's because it's not the right time to have it. It doesn't mean that you would not have it. Yes, you will have it in the future. Um, I said myself that I was going to work 
um, in politics when I was 30. And look at me now working in Capitalville. So just, just instead of dreaming, just work towards your dream. Work towards the life that you dream about instead of just being there and dreaming about the American dream, which it exists. A lot of people say it's not. It's not true. It exists. It just depends on you and how much work you're gonna you're gonna put into it. Uh, it's yes, it requires uh, tears. It requires nights without sleeping. It requires losing other opportunities just for you to be committed with that purpose. Uh, it requires you to be separated from partying. <laughs> it requires you to sometimes to not have fun and be committed to your responsibilities. Uh, but if you're if you're able to follow all of that at the long run you will succeed if you if you're committed if you have discipline if you know what you're doing and then if you're doing it from your heart and not to have a good resume so yeah exactly i think that's definitely one of the key points and and one of the biggest lessons do whatever you are doing whatever you are working on from your heart with love uh, and success and money will follow um I've come to realize that, you know, when you do work with a purpose, following your soul's missions or your life's mission and for a service to help others and help yourself, the universe will absolutely support you in that dream because we do need it. We need people to be authentically themselves and to be working on their soul mission, on their life purpose, on that goal for themselves and for humanity. I mean, when we truly work on ourselves and, and discover what drives us, what we're passionate about, um, that's when we can really have an impact on ourselves and those around us. Um, we can't expect to change the world if we don't look within first to change ourselves. So definitely do things with your heart, from your heart, no matter how tired you are. Um, success will follow when you do things with with that purpose. And I think Luis is a clear example of that. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and be empathetic with people. Um, I mean, in a, in a city like Capitol Hill, uh, a lot of people lose their empathy and their compassion and their values because, you know, it's politics. Either it's money or power. Uh, it's, not who, it's not what you do, it's who you know. Um, but I think uh, what another way to that you can set yourself apart from the from the society in a good way in order for you to thrive it's just keeping your values when i came to the, to capitol hill i said i'm gonna be the same person and a lot of people are surprised by that so in these conferences that i go i'm always smiling i'm always being able to talk and a lot of people do not do that because who are you to talk to me and i'm, I'm really open with people because you have to be if you really want to advocate for the community you really have to know the needs of the community you really have to talk to them. You really have to see the homeless and tell them, oh, what's going on? Why are you like this? Why don't you get a job? We have 11 million positions open. Every single restaurant in, in the United States, over 80% of the restaurants, they're hiring. They're looking for more people. Um, so there is multiple ways for you to get out of that world. And sometimes what they need is someone to, to listen to them. It's not about, oh, yes, here's a million resources that you can utilize. Sometimes they just want to share their stories, and sometimes they just want someone to listen to them. Uh, so you have to listen to your community if you really want to advocate for them uh, and if you really want to make an impact because you will be losing your time if you're doing it by yourself without knowing what's going on, without sitting in an office nine to five doing research. Yes, you're doing research, but if you're advocating for Latin America and you're not from Latin America, as much, as much research as you do, 
you won't have the same human touch and the same human connection because you're not going out on the streets and talking to them, talking to immigrants, talking to people at the border. And that's the magic of being a journalist, that you can have that ability to go to the border, interview them, feel it, leave it with them. Um, and that's what most of the writers do. William Shakespeare used to do that. Daniel Pink, the, the master of persuasion, does that. They go on the streets and they interview people and they learn from them. They take the metro every day to learn how people behave. We learn from humans' behavior. And, and I think it's important for people to know that. To be empathetic, that's the most important skill. And there is not a single certificate and there is not a single institution that is able to show empathy. And it's the, the least amount of uh, the least amount of skills that, that we practice every day. So we talk about uh, critical thinking, problem solver, uh, being able to work under pressure, but we don't talk about empathy. And if you're not empathetic with people, you're not connected with anyone and you're not gonna succeed. Yeah, I think a lack of empathy leads to a huge disconnect. And I think that's one of the main issues that, you know, you've mentioned it in Capitol Hill. And as a former White House correspondent, I. I saw it as well, like I, it was a wonderful experience being able to work on the White House, but it, it that experience leads you to be so close to power, but so disconnected from society and humans and the real problems that are outside of those perimeters around the White House, Capitol Hill, St State Department and whatnot. And if you want to change, I completely agree. You have to talk to the people that are the most affected or impacted um, by the way our current leaders are, you know, making decisions um, in positions of power. So um, thank you, Luis, for sharing that. And I wanted to ask you, you know, now that you've had the experience to work a little bit on Capitol Hill, now that you're working on research institutions, um, what are some of the thing, things aside from, you know, helping communities, helping students, um, helping the homeless that you've seen um, are actually making a positive impact? And what are you advocating for specifically while you're working in those spaces? Well, specifically, I'm advocating for two things, uh, immigration and civic education. For me, it's really depressing to know that only one of four Americans can differentiate the branches of government. Only one of four Americans can tell me the different branches of government. There is other three Americans that they don't know how our government works. So for me, that is really terrifying. And that it's why we see the problems that we have in our community. And that's why we have the same people for years and decades in Capitol Hill, because we don't, we're not actually educating other people to be global-minded and to know how our government works. So you see a lot of people in different states asking about taxes, money, uh, abortion rights, but they don't understand how the government works. So if you wanna actually make an impact and resolve those issues and tackle those issues, you have to know what are the steps for you to actually make an impact. If not, no one will, will, will listen to you. Um, so that's my, my, my main focus right now on Capitol Hill, it's civic education. Uh, my institution, Florida International University, uh, we are building a $2 million uh, dollar building that will offer um, certificates, majors and minors to non-degree seeking students and students going to FIU that will help them about civic education and how to be civically engaged. 
Uh, we'll have seminars, workshops, trainings for professors, because we think that the best way to actually spread this education movement is through professors that are uh, teaching in middle school, K to 12, and we'll have workshops for them so they can spread the information to high schools. I am the student ambassador for this institute. Um, I oversee uh, the committees uh, for this institute that will be opening 2023 physically, but we're working on this since 2021. Uh, we're working on the certificates and we're working on actually advocating for civic education in Capitol Hill with different congressional offices. Uh, we're having a, a congressional visit this week um, to further advocate for a civic education bill that was introduced in March of 2021 uh, by Congresswoman uh, Rosa DeLauro, which is the chair of the Appropriations Committee. So I, I think that we're, what we're doing right now, and, and I said we because it's not only myself, uh, it's a work of a lot of people. Um, it's advocating for federal funding and it's advocating for civic education to be a real, real issue in our, in our, in our society. Uh, because yes, we talk about healthcare, immigration, the border, but I think the main, the main purpose and the foundation of the problem is the lack of education in civic education. So that's, that's what we're doing right now. And yeah, politically speaking, that's what Lewis is doing. Um, personally, I am working on writing my book about persuasion and the power of storytelling so people can get to know me more uh, in, a, in a really uh, private sense because I don't, I don't really talk about my story uh, with a lot of people uh, besides what you see on the media. Uh, but I want people to have that piece of writing that they can take home and they can read it multiple times. And then that, also, that book, I don't, I don't call it a motivational guide because I don't read motivational books. I don't like them. Uh, but it will be my own perspective of persuasion and how storytelling helped me to be the person that I am today. Um, and of course, like I said every time, I'm 99% of the times wrong. I don't have the, the, the answer for everything and I'm not the owner of the truth. It's just my experience. It's just my path. And if you want to take it and join with me, we'll do it together. But if not, you have your own decisions or your own formula to thrive and be a leader. That's amazing. That's amazing, Luis. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, you just keep surprising and surprising. You're writing a book too, and you're 19. That's incredible. Um, Luis, can you give whoever's listening to us um, a piece of advice that has stuck with you throughout your journey, um, throughout your personal experiences, that you think is a quote that personally drives you or motivates you, um, especially when you're having those moments of self-doubt or when those self-limiting beliefs come up sometimes and you have to try to reprogram your brain once again to believe in yourself. Well, I, I, there is plenty of them and they will, they will be in the book as well. Um, but I, I think it's just when I, when I'm, doubting about myself it's like Louis you were born being confused and you're gonna die being confused so do not pretend that you know everything because that's not gonna happen and I, I know for a lot of people that are, are like going places and the ego goes up um, and you have to know how to match your ego with the reality uh, because if your ego it's on heaven and your reality is right here uh, you won't be able to match that up and it will bring your problems so I always say I was born confused and I will buy confused, um, but I will try my best to actually know what I need to know. Another time, another advice that I can give you is that you cannot be over involved. 
Like it's, it's impossible. Like you cannot be in other places. And I know in my age or for people of my age, some of them, the ones that are not watching TikTok all the time, <laughs> but the ones that want to succeed, <laughs> um, they're like, oh, how can I make it happen? How can I go to a conference and be multiple places? It doesn't happen. I know with Zoom, we have the ability to do that, to be here and then now have a conference in 30 minutes and we can do it. But it's really, really hard to be in other places. So just be committed, be committed to one purpose, be committed to one topic. So for me, if it's civic education, it's civic education. If it's persuasion, persuasion, do it and combine that with your field. But don't do healthcare, uh, immigration, borders, because it, it's not gonna happen. You're gonna lose yourself and your mind is gonna go crazy. And at the end, you're gonna think that you're helping them, but you're not helping anyone because you don't have a clear focus of what you wanna do. Um, and another one, like I said before in the interview, through leaders, create more leaders and not followers. So I know that my purpose is creating more leaders uh, with my experience. Um, and the other one is, I think, um, just be kind to one another. And I, and I said in every interview that I go, uh, that's how I ended, be kind to one another. Uh, remind yourself about the power of being kind. Even if you're going through the really the, the most dark situation in your life, uh, just be kind. Even if people are being rude to you and mean to you, just be kind with them. Because sometimes when people are being rude with you, it's because they're seeking for 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 affection. They don't have love, and they 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 don't have no one to listen to them. So just just be kind and 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 do you do not do others, do not compare yourself. Um, mind your own business. Um, it, it's you. It's you. You were born by yourself, and you have this whole path that is called life by yourself. So do not compare yourself. Uh, I know a lot of friends that are like 21 and they're really, they're doing really cool things, but I don't compare myself with them because you get burned out. Just so you live your own journey and um, learning about persuasion. I really want you this interview. If there's something you can get from this interview, go read about persuasion, go read about storytelling. It's not what you think. Persuasion is not a way to manipulate other people. Persuasion is a way to collaborate with you. It's an invitation to collaborate. Uh, it, it makes you, persuasion makes you to be more human because you get the human touch. It's it's better for you to learn multiple things at the same time. And it also, it's it, you can apply it in any career field. So if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a journalist, you can apply persuasion because you will need it. You're selling yourself 24 seven. If you go back to history, people used to sell themselves in their jobs 24 seven about what they do, what their company does, and we'll still do it. So it's really useful that you that you know what persuasion is, that you read about it, and that you think that it's not a way to manipulate, it's a way to collaborate with you. So true, that's so true. Is there anything else that you wanna add that maybe I haven't asked you in the interview? Um, I, no, I, I think to summarize everything, um, I, I think that um, I will say future leaders uh, that have my age, please stop watching TikTok, <laughs> stop being on social media, make an action, stop complaining about what's going on and make an action and work on that. So if you see that your governor and your county, they're not offering the resources that you want, then stand up and work for that and do your research and reach out and network with people, connect with people, see their needs, see your own needs, take care about yourself before you take care about other people. Um, like I said, every single extreme in life, it's really bad so either if you're extremely left or if you're extremely right just be have a balance of everything 
um, and learn from the experience. Just learn from the experience. Do not blank things because things do not go as planned. Uh, just live with it. Live the moment. Um, enjoy every single experience. Connect with people. Um, take a position. Do not be moderate. I hate when people say they're moderate politically. Take a position. Either you're left or you're right. Why? It's really simple. Because if you're in the middle, uh, you you will you receive people attacking you from both sides because you're right in the middle. So the left will not agree with you and the right will not agree with you. Just take a side. Just take a side. But in order for you to take a side, it takes time, it takes knowledge, and it takes practice for you to know why you want to be in that particular side. Um, and just be kind to one another. Sounds good. Be kind to one another. Thank you so much, Luis, um, for taking the time to speak to us and tell me your story. I wish you the best of luck, but I know you don't need it because you're <laughs> working diligently towards all of your goals. Um, and I'm glad that you have been able to move past that stage in your life um, to better yourself and to help your mom be in a better situation as well. So proud of you and keep up the good work. And I hope to see you in the Supreme Court in 2035, you said? Yeah, 2035, 2045. Let's see how, how life goes. <laughs> exactly. Okay. But well, yeah. you want to be in Capitol Hill when you were 30 and you got there at 18? Yes, yes. So we'll see. But we'll see. But thank you so much, Emiliana, for this interview. Um, I mean, you can reach out to me whenever and then any if any of you are watching this and you're looking forward to interview me or, or know more about myself or my book coming up next year, um, just reach out to me. I'll just put my name there on LinkedIn. I'm so active on LinkedIn. So you can reach me out on LinkedIn and then we'll talk. But it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Wonderful. You're invited back anytime. Thank you, Luis. Thank you. Bye bye.